Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is uh, Haber Middle Middle Call. I'm Guy, that's John. How's my, uh, how's my mic level here? You know, you're sounding pretty good, Guy. Yeah? How you, how you feeling? Feeling great, John. <laughs> feeling just great. Keep- just got to keep swinging, guy. You can't let uh, the sniffles get you down. <laughs> Feeling great. Woo. Uh, yeah, man. Let's go. Let's do it. You feeling better than Debo on uh, Vegas uh, Friday night or Saturday night? Debo went to Vegas on Friday night or Saturday? You, Wait, you follow him on Friday Instagram? He, could, he didn't go to Vegas on Friday night. Not Friday night, Saturday night after the game. It was his birthday Sunday, so he, little PJ waiting. Looked okay. about 75 of his close uh, acquaintances, and they, yeah. Whoop. It could have been L.A., I guess, but it felt Vegas would be my guess. I got a, uh, a Debo Samuel, the documentary, suggested to me on my uh, YouTube uh, feed yesterday. Yeah. Hour and a half long. Who shot it? Uh... Overtime, I think. Um, is that his company lot... or is that a separate company? No, separate company. They do like a lot of high school basketball highlights and that type of thing. And um, it was, you know, I just skipped through it. I, it was, it was. Uh, they there was a lot of like him and Tori Dandy talking through the whole process, you know, and. Um, Anything on the trade request? They didn't. I was hoping they'd have something good. And he was just like a couple times. It'd be Tory. Like I talked to Lynch. And he said, a lot of teams are calling, but they are adamant. They are not trading you him and Kyle. They are not trading you. Like that was twice. There was a scene where Tory is telling Debo, like you're not getting traded. And uh, this is this in person or on the phone in person, in person. And Debo was just kind of like smiling. He doesn't seem upset. And the documentary people at one point are like, all right, let's talk about the trade request. He's like, do I have to? And they're like, well, Tori talked about it. And he's like, all right, just go with what Tori says then. And of course, Tori doesn't actually really say anything. But the first offer that Lynch gives him is one of those where like Tori writes it down and like slides it over to the Debo. <laughs> and Debo was blown away. He's like, I've never seen that much money in my life with my name next to it. 
And I thought it was interesting, actually. One thing that Tory says, he's like, now I'll go back to him and, you know, we'll talk about X, Y, and Z and guaranteed money and all that. But he says to Debo, he's like, you know, honestly, I'm a little surprised they came in this high. Most teams try to start lower and then and then go up, go up, go up. And um, and that's not what the Niners did with Debo. Like sign of respect. Yeah, which I think, you know, you and I interviewed Parag a few years ago on the pod. And um, one thing you've mentioned a lot, he, he said it then. He's like, these deals, trades or contracts, like, you want the person you're doing a deal with to feel like they also won. You don't want to take advantage. You don't want them to feel like they got taken advantage of. Obviously, with teams and trades, definitely with agents and players, because those agents represent other players. But or I thought the player that stays on your team. You and the player him. stays on your team. Yeah. I thought that was a good little little insight there that he felt like the, that the Niners surprised him with them with coming in a little higher. Didn't say what the number was, but did they accept it? Like, did you ever get to the part where they? No, I mean, they eventually celebrate a contract. It's not clear, like, which version they, you know, it, it's, it doesn't really get into any of it. Other than Debo's baby is a tank. <laughs> Debo's little boy is a tank. <laughs> he takes him back home. He does like a little camp, you know? Yeah. And people are like, oh, let's see the baby. And he's just like, boof. Well, just had its one year old uh, birthday. So it, that thing was young. Right, I mean, that was like six months old. Yeah, six guy. months old. It was just tank. I, I would bet on that thing looking like Kinlaw, like just I, <laughs> it, more likely to be a defensive tackle than a slot receiver. I would say. <laughs> uh, we are sponsored by Tito's <clears throat> Handmade Vodka. What a big weekend of football we just had! A uh, humongous weekend of football coming up. Tito's Handmade Vodka. Yep, we love our friends at Tito's. Here's what you do. You go to your local liquor store, you pick up a handle, a bottle, and you celebrate this week. Why? Because the NFL playoffs are still rocking and rolling. We only have so many games left, guy, and we got this slate. Last week actually was pretty entertaining, but this slate on paper clearly is much better. Very entertaining weekend. Go get yourself some Tito's. Go get yourself LaCroix. Go get yourself some Arnold Palmer's. You can go uh, zero calories diet. Go get yourself some ginger beer. You name it. And pour yourself, because football, if you're not attending these games, you're probably making the right decision because there is no better way to consume NFL football than on your couch and with the Tito's in your hand. So do it right now. We love them. I know you guys love them. Everybody loves them. Number one vodka in America. Yep. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. It's fantastic. Can I tell you about my friends at DraftKings? Tell us about the friends at DraftKings. Yeah, the NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, that's this weekend, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Go download it right now. If you got an Apple iPhone, download it. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code HAM. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. That's code HAM, H-A-M, only at DraftKings. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Void in Ohio. And Ontario, bonus issues as free bets, one boost per eligible game, 
Opt-in requires 10 plus leg requires for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbooks.com, draftkings.com, slash football terms. Sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Well said. Well freaking said. Uh, Juan says he was in Vegas. I ran into him at the Cosmopolitan. Great hotel. The uh, Chandelier Bar, maybe. Well, place the secret pizza place. What a what a hotel. Kiwi says Dallas looks aggressive this year, in my opinion. Less aggressive this year. Uh, they they kicked the Bucks ass on Monday night. That was uh, that was a bloodbath. Might have ended old Thomas's career. Can you go out like that if you're Tom? I mean, I guess a lot of people have gone out. More people go out like that than any other way. A lot of people go out like that in a regular season game. At least he got to play in a home playoff game. Yeah. Back-to-back devastating home playoff losses, right? Last year, the Rams, that comeback that wasn't, and then this year, the Cowboys. See, this first Bucks career, Super Bowl, playoffs, playoffs, it wasn't a total failure. No. I mean, and this year, you know, everybody kind of understood that they, even he, what he said after the game was like, yeah, we played the way we've played all year, basically. Yeah. They didn't roll in with Super Bowl, I mean, expectations, not realistic ones, at least. Cowboys kick their ass. And now we get, we talked about this last year, I remember, because the Packers feels like a rivalry, because it kind of is. I mean, the 49ers over the last decade when they've, the Packers have mainly been good the whole time. The Niners have had these three years with Kyle and then the three years with Jim. And basically in that time, they saw the Packers over and over. I mean, this is the first year that Kyle's made the playoffs that he hasn't seen them, right? I mean, for the first two times he saw him, Harbaugh saw him twice. And it felt like the Cowboys, quote-unquote, rivalry was from our youth. I saw people retweeting it. Do you see the intro to, like, the 94 game this year with Pat? And it, it was cool. It just it felt – it was very nostalgic, but that was a long time. Like, before last year in the playoffs, they hadn't played in almost 25 years. Yeah. So this – I would say it does add some juice that they did play last year and that – I think that picture you already seen going viral of, of Trent getting flipped off and pointing, laughing at the guy. And part of it, right, the Cowboys, that was a devastating loss for them in terms of, one, they were favored at home, but the way it kind of ended and they got shit on, even though the game wasn't that close with the time running out with Dak sliding, remember? Do I remember? It's another signature McCarthy moment. I remember. 700 penalties on uh, Randy Gregory in that yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Jimmy made some uh might, might rewatch I don't I might rewatch that game just for entertainment this week, not necessarily thinking that it translates, because I don't think it necessarily translates last year's game to this year's game. But it's really we were talking about this before. It's kind of the reverse of last year's matchup. Last year it was a three six in terms of seating. Uh a three six matchup. Yeah. Where the Cowboys were the team that had been I mean, at their best in 2021 during the regular season, they looked incredible. Uh, they finished, what, 12 and 5 in the regular season. But honestly, I thought at times felt better than that. In, at least people f- felt like they were better than that last year. Um, I doubted them then because of McCarthy. They feel 
I don't know. How would you just, how would you describe them this year compared to last year? They feel like maybe they have a little more substance to them um, than last year's team. Feels like, you know, in theory, a lot of the same guys coming back, they, you remove Amari, but I think Tony Pollard's taken on a bigger role. Uh, defensively, they definitely remember last year. Diggs had like 75 interceptions. <laughs> so th- that was a huge part of their success this year. It feels like they're a little more balanced. Mike is just a better player. Right, he's in his second year. Sam Williams, I think early on, the character guy that they got in the second round was a huge impact for him when they were rolling early. He's had some issues since, uh, as you told me last night. He's wanted by the police for an yep. incident uh, with within the last month of going really fast and getting into a car accident. And as someone told, I know me, where you can find him. I mean, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a shocker. I think a lot of teams, but he is an impact. Like you watch him. They do have some Niners vibes in terms their fronts fast, right? They they are Dan Quinn has done a really good job defensively with this team for two years, right? And I mean he's interviewing a lot of people think he's gonna be the Denver Broncos head coach with uh, Schottenheimer, who while Pete once fired him, it was the one guy that Russell liked. It's always easy to say after the fact. Uh and Russell had his most success early on in his career in terms of team winning. Uh but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Cowboys it's hard, right? Because if you just judge them last night, you go, God, they look great. Well, everyone's really, it was any good, been kicking the Bucks' ass. But on the road in that spot, like, I, you, you got to give them some credit that that was, they had all the pressure on them. Like, they could not lose that game. They were favored on the road and they, they didn't just take care of business. If it wasn't for their fucking kicker, that was an ass kicking, right? I mean, it was 28 nothing. Even with what the it kicker, it wasn't ass kicking. <laughs> As Peyton said, after 31 14 is an ass kicking. But I'd say they were up twenty-eight nothing if he doesn't miss kicks, right? Yeah. Tom yeah. hit that 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 uh the touchdown. It was twenty-four to six, but it felt closer at the time because you go two, you're like, God, they're just two more touchdowns, two point two point conversions if they hit this. But actually, the game shouldn't have been that close because the kicker's missing kicks. So they kicked the shit out of him. So uh, this, this game feels the reverse of last year. The Niners barely got in by the skin of their teeth, and they're pretty big underdogs. I think the, the number was reversed. I think they were three three and a half. It might have been four last year going to Dallas, and all the pressure was on Dallas. And this year, I, I mean, it's, what would you put the pie chart at? 95% pressure on the Niners to win? The, like, people are picking the Niners to win the Super Bowl. Like, this is, to me, the pressure squarely at home on the Niners. I, I don't want to say the Cowboys no juice, but they get to be a little free, kind of like the Niners were last year against them, is what I would say. Just about the, uh, you know, the the pressure rankings. Yeah, I did the 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 one X and the Niners are the last year was a three six. This year's a two five matchup. I mean, I guess if you're the Dallas Cowboys, you're never playing without any pressure, right? There's always some level of pressure. Um, but they five's got- a, and five's a little skewed, right? Because they can't. Because they technically had the fourth best record right. in the conference. Right. And, and I don't know, you know, Jerry being up there in age, Dak being expensive, Mike having so many, you know, uh, moments where you wonder, is he the best coach for this team? Them being a, re- you know, a really good. I, I wonder, is there pressure? Sean Payton's out there interviewing with teams. Like, does that add pressure to Mike McCarthy if, if he chokes this game somehow, like just because you're the underdog doesn't mean you can't choke. 
if they were to play in a, in a way that made Jerry Jones think Mike McCarthy can't take him all the way, which I don't think Mike can, um, would he pivot and, you know, try to get Sean Payton? So maybe there's some pressure there. And, and like in a bizarre way, the Niners have the last player taken in the draft playing quarterback for them. They're on their third quarterback. Um, if I were to set the line, the Niners, I would set it the same. Like the Niners should be favored. This idea, and I know as you told me before we started, the Niners are now the betting favorite out of the NFC. <clears throat> but this idea that like they should be head and shoulders above Dallas uh, after that Dallas team I watched on Monday night, the Niners, I, st- I-, I think, still have a lot to prove. Um, and maybe that's kind of somewhat similar to Dallas last year, too, where Dallas had been, you know, these regular season warriors, I felt, coming in the playoffs last year. And it's not that hard, even though, you know, I think you can poke holes in a lot of teams' resumes. We talked about it with Philly and with the Niners when we went back to LaShawn McCoy's comments a few weeks ago. Both, neither team was very good last year, so they didn't, you know, they weren't playing first-place records or second-place schedules, I mean. And so... You know, in some ways, I think you look at their winning streak, and if someone said they're kind of regular season warriors over the course of that winning streak, when you look at who they've beaten since that Kansas City game, I don't, I don't think it's crazy. Um, you know, we'll talk about Brock, but this is a different uh, this is a different level of challenge for him, and I think part of it is because Dallas is like Dallas is good. Like there, sometimes there isn't that much separation between the two seed and the and the fourth best team, which is what Dallas was in the NFC this year. And clearly they play in a very good division because three fourths of the NFC East is in the playoffs. I, I think the Niners probably I, I on that. I almost said all American, but I think when it comes to pro bowls, when it comes to all pros, the NFLPA, you know, the Niners, no one will argue. They have the most probably individual best players. Them or the Eagles when truly healthy, just probably in the league more than the chiefs. Probably more, definitely more than the Bills. Maybe the Bills, I'd have to dive farther into that lineup, but they, they got injuries. The Cowboys do have like several high end players, right? Micah Parsons is a high end player. Uh, you, you would say that, I mean, Tony Pollard's averaging over five yards a carry. That guy can fucking fly. I, I don't want to say he's like, some all-time great running back, but he's pretty damn good. CeeDee Lamb is a high-end player. Uh, Diggs has been a high-end player in this league. Sam Williams, while wanted by the police, is a high-end young player. So Wanted for balling. You know, I, I just... Did you say Schultz? I didn't say Schultz. Like he is a just a really good tight end. Say what you want about Zeke. Not fast, and uh, only had 876 yards this year. Did have 12 touchdowns, and the one thing you see is like he is a load. So if they do get in the red zone and close to the end zone, he is a very very good red zone back because even if you see him in the hole, him and Fred Warner, like Zeke is every bit his physicality with all these guys, right? Yeah. Where Tony is, they want to get him out in space and get him running around. I, I actually think it's fascinating. He has really been a linchpin for them to kind of open some stuff up. And you would say the Niners actually kind of like those type guys because they're both their linebackers can fly. Hufunga loves getting out in space against guys like that. Like you saw last night, once Pollard kind of started getting loose, you're like, it just kind of loosens them up. And then, and then it kind of puts the defense on the heels. Well, I think the Niners like, 
They like guys like Pollard because they feel that with their speed and their their tackling ability in the open space, they line up pretty well against. And obviously, you're not just going to slam Zeke because they fucking live for that, right? He's like a much slower guy. Than Kenneth Walker. I mean, Kenneth Walker may not be a good example, but yeah, I just I'm just saying I, I'm just fascinated to watch. I mean, they like getting Pollard the ball. I mean, he's really good. You know, Zeke is not going to be on their team next year probably, and. Th- Pollard, I don't know if he'll be there. I'm sure they probably draft a back, but he is he's a big part of what they do. And now with Amari gone, I think CeeDee Lamb can be hit or miss, but he's pretty damn talented. And like you said, Schultz, Gallup's, you know, back from the ACL injury. Like to me, their passing game, obviously the Vikings would have been they would have been in major trouble if they would have beat the Giants. Like the Niners, you would rather play the, the Vikings than the Cowboys. Clearly the Vikings are worse than the Cowboys. But Cousins and Dak get, you know, comp together so much because statistically they're very similar. They're on that second tier outside of the Allens and the Burroughs and the they don't have Herbert's talent. They're obviously not Mahomes or Rogers. And Kyler and Lamar are kind of in their own little world. But Dak is a much better athlete than Kirk. Yeah. You know, he he can when he's on the move, when he is throwing the ball well on the move, he does look pretty sweet. He looks like a bigger Russ. Like to me, Russ, the way Russ moves and Dak is similar, it looks like all their like if you were constructing them, all their bolts are perfectly aligned. Like they just they they kind of look perfect, honestly. Like the way you would want to build a quarterback is I think it's kind of looks like Maybe you'd want a little taller, a little leaner. I don't know. I think Dak's pretty perfect in terms of just build. Um, and he moves. He's just so smooth when he runs, when he moves, when he decides. He had a few plays yesterday, pocket breaking down, and just zipped it out real quick without really making too many major movements, but just enough subtle movements to get himself some space. I, I mean, there were was, a couple runs last night where he dove. Like we ain't fucking losing this game. It was like God, this guy's here to play. He was. Nope. He was on one last night. He he was fired up. I don't need you lead blocking quarterback. (laughs) Did you catch that play on the goal line where he went out? Troy started laughing. He's like, he's out there lead blocking. Didn't touch anybody. (laughs) I I thought last night was a pretty big game for him. You know, after I think last year, this whole season was kind of an indictment on how they lost at home last year in the playoffs. And he took a lot of shit for blowing the game, (laughs) even though. McCarthy and the coaching staff deserve way more than Dak, right? Last year in, in that game. But one thing in that game, I, I'm with you. I have to kind of go back and watch it too. They had a great first drive. I remember the 49ers drove right down the field and scored a touchdown. But Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't exactly a touchdown score. So they're just not getting the 30 points. And that to me is going to be the fascinating. Like the Niners' offense is dramatically, we could nitpick quarters with Purdy and whatever. It's a 60-minute game, and over 60 minutes, we've talked about this on the last podcast, they've been putting up a shitload of points. That they have been, They've been averaging 35 points since the guy started playing, and that's because they score a lot of touchdowns. And that was a struggle. Like If they could have scored more touchdowns, they would have won. They would have beat Dallas last year by multiple, you know, 14 points. They couldn't score. One other uh, point comparing it to last year, and then we can get into some of that. The other, the other, I guess the other thing that makes it the reverse of last year's game is just the location. It's at Levi's instead of being in Dallas, which I, you know, in theory is an advantage for the Niners. Um, except playing in Dallas is not really a disadvantage. The home team in these games feels like they generally have more pressure on them. That wasn't the case Monday night. Once you get, you know, you get some weird matchups in the first round where the home team isn't as good. 
but Dallas handled the road environment really well after that first drive against the Bucks. Playing on the road, maybe if your team can be that type of team, you can play the, you know, it's us against the world type thing, which <clears throat> for a lot of teams I think works. Um, when the Niners play in Dallas, they can be the road team, like, you know, us against the world, except half the crowd is going to be Niner fans, right? It's actually kind of a perfect place to go play because the Cowboys will have pressure because it's their home game, but they actually don't get like a significant home field advantage in the way that they would get against most other teams. It's really a wild dynamic. So it'd be interesting to see what Levi's, you know, from a Cowboy fan standpoint is like, because Cowboy fans obviously can. I saw Arash Markazi who, for whatever reason, Twitter decided today to put him in my timeline for the first time in like three years. Um, tweeted that the get-in price for the game is $569. You can get in. You can basically buy two AFC um, tickets this week. Jags, Chiefs, get-in price, $193. Bengals, Bills, $243. So you can get two of those tickets cheaper than you can get one Cowboy Niner ticket. One of our loyal listeners, Scotty Raver, texts me early on in the Giants-Vikings game. He's like, uh, I'm looking into Niners tickets right now. Do you think I should wait till this game ends to pull the trigger? And I said, well, because they were $250. You know, I, I think it's like the front row, maybe of like the third deck or whatever. And I said, well, if the Giants are to win this game, to me with Brady slash the Cowboys, that price is going to skyrocket. Now the Giants could easily lose this game, and I think you'll just be paying what you're paying it probably stay pretty similar if it's the Vikings. It might go up a little bit, but it it was clear that if the Giants won that game, just, I think Brady, it also would have been the same number, don't you think? Because we saw yeah. it before. That I think people that pulled the trigger hoping that you know this could potentially be a matchup, that it would be based on the Monday night game, got a huge discount if they did before the Giants won that game. I don't think you could get bigger than Niners Cowboys. Like maybe Brady would be just as big, but I don't think like would Fox who has this game and has Giants Eagles. So big weekend for Fox would Fox who has this game prefer this be Brady Niners. Uh, no, I don't know. They wouldn't. The, 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 I remember looking it up when you and I were talking about it, looked it up last year. We can guess the rating. Let's guess the rating on this game, but. In 95, which before last year was the last time the Niners and Cowboys had met in the playoffs, they played in what was at the, what was still actually the fourth most watched conference championship game in NFL history. 56.8 million people watched Niners-Cowboys NFC Championship game 1995. 56.8. What did, what did the Super Bowl do last year? Did you happen to look that up? It was definitely over 100 million. I mean, it has been pretty consistently. At 99.1. The one thing I would say about 95, obviously, dynamics of society were a lot different, right? This thing called the internet didn't exist. Options, cable TV was, I don't know how prevalent it was. It wasn't in my home. I know that. (laughs) Did you have cable TV in 1995? No. No. So the amount of people, could you meet a human being right now that does not either have cable TV or one of the streaming services? Like, of course, no, I don't think you could. Like, how many people you think in this world are just, you know, the four channels? Bunny years, bunny years in it? It's probably not many. I'm pretty sure. I'm, you know, I wouldn't consider myself Belichick football historian, but I lived through the Niners growing up in in Davis, California. That was the third straight year the Niners and Cowboys had played. 
obviously the Cowboys had won the last two going to the Super Bowl, and that was you know the year the Niners win, go on to beat the Chargers. So it had been this historic rivalry with these huge brands that have been two of the most successful brands in the history of the league in terms of winning. Uh, the Niners had won at a you know started in eighty one. Obviously the Cowboys had won in the seventies, but it had been a buildup. You know, I think there's something to be a buildup. And that's where I'm saying with this game, I do think last year helps a little bit. Like this is, you want this, right? The Niners, the Niners playing the Packers a lot. Now, if the Niners start playing the Cowboys, let's say they play three of the next four, like these two times, and then another time in two years. Like that's good. The NFL wants their biggest brands playing all the time. Because when I saw on Twitter today, them post the intro to that game, it, it might've been the 94 game, not the 95 game. It just went like, God, I mean, there, there's just a lot of people alive. There were either kids when they're our age or just, you know, for the next, you go 10 and 10 and 10, the generations above us that just, this is a big deal, but you got to build back up to it, right? Like if the Knicks and Bulls play in the playoffs next year, it doesn't quite feel like it did in the 90s. But if they play three straight years in the playoffs, it can feel big again. Right. 41.5 was last year's number for the Niners. Cowboys, and that was the largest wild card game since 15, which was Lions Cowboys. So the Cowboys being involved, like even when you go back and look at the Super Bowls from the 90s, Dallas Buffalo in 93, 90.1. Dallas Buffalo in 94, 90. Niners Chargers, 83 million. Blowout. Blowout. And the Chargers were even going in, like, you know, when not, people knew it was going to be a blowout. But also, you know, give Dallas their props. Next year, Dallas Pittsburgh. What'd that do? Ninety-four. What was Packers Broncos? Uh ninety. Packers Pats. Eighty seven point eight. So they didn't really start hitting 100 million viewers till more recently, huh? They didn't start hitting 100 million viewers till 2010. They were hitting the high 90s. But 2010, yeah, 2010 was the first 100 million. And what was that? Was that Packers-Steelers? Yeah, which is a great. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That was um, Saints-Colts. Got you. So they went 09 was Steelers-Cardinals did 98. 2010, they jump from 98 to 106 with Colt Saints. And then 2011, it jumps to 111 million Packers Steelers. So from 09 to 11, it went up from 98.8 to 111. And it, you know, it basically peaked. What was Giants Pats? 17. In, tw- uh, in 12, was that, that had to be pretty big. Giants pass was 111. The biggest Super Bowl rating is Patriots Seahawks 114. That was a good one. 114 mil. So, and, and yeah, and the game was good. So, I'm with you. Like, at least how many people saw Russell and Pete fuck up that game, huh? No, yeah, nobody saw <laughs> everybody watching thought just give the ball to beast mode. So, this game, what's your guess on the rating on this game? 40, 40, 46. Yeah, 46, 47. Last week was wild card. Last year was wild card round. You know, I think it helps the second divisional round. You already have a week of playoffs and everyone's in playoff mode. It's the Sunday night game. Well, last year was it? Was it the Sunday night game last year? 
I think it was Sunday afternoon. I think it was Sunday. They they played Saturday night, the Packers, in the second round. I'm pretty sure this was just Sunday afternoon. Like Sunday at one of the third, the the second game. Oh, that's right, because it was the wild card weekends. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Good. Yeah, good weekend for Fox. Giants Eagles is the Saturday night game. Fox Cowboys Niners Fox. Here's what I know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the 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 Giants win that game. Obviously, this game would be for home field advantage in the NFC Championship game. I think the best football, like, and the the way to get a legendary game is I want the Eagles healthy. I want them winning that game. Niners or the fucking Cowboys. I mean. I, I don't know who's going to win the game. If I did, I'd bet my life savings on it. That's the best. Like, I want the best team. And the Eagles have way more. They have better players. But the Eagles are healthy. That's the best. Like, I'm a football fan first. It'd be easier for the Niners to be the Giants. But, like, I want to see them go on the road and beat the Eagles. Like, that would be one of the biggest wins of my lifetime for the franchise. And honestly, same goes for the Cowboys. I want the Eagles healthy. I want Jalen healthy. I want them to win that game. And honestly, the NFL should too, because that makes the Super Bowl even bigger. Like you want yeah. your best teams to keep rocking and rolling. You don't want to end up with the national championship game, TCU no. Georgia. So, because I, I don't think, and it, I saw Dickinson tweet that it it rotates on uh, conference championship weekend. What that la- last year the NFC the Niners uh, game was. After the Bengals, the Bengals Chiefs, you know, AFC was first, NFC was second. So they just, they flip flop it. So the NFC championship game, you know, would be, I think it's one thirty kickoff, like one thirty five o'clock or whatever the East Coast times are. You're saying the NFC game will be the earlier game this year. It, maybe it's noon Pacific Standard Time. Got it. Which I makes sense. It. Yeah, I didn't know that. Historically, said they've done that, but. <laughs> Rumors were that they were going to go AFC, NFC on Monday Night Football, and they're like, wait, we can get the Cowboys? Uh, we'll yeah, I know. That plan. <laughs> yeah. Eagles-Niners in Philly. I mean, the NFC. But if, if I told you right now it was Eagles-Niners in Philly, and then... Bengals, Bengals-Jags? That would suck, but... Neutral? Buffalo, Buffalo Chiefs in uh, Atlanta. That sucks. <laughs> that takes away a little of the juice. Yes. I'm just the one. That what, what if he came and said, "Listen, we'll get you guys neutral spot coin flip." Do you think they would agree to that over the uh, over the neutral site? I think if they you, would. If you were the owner, I'd I'd rather have a coin flip than playing a fucking neutral site. Game. I agree. Uh, I saw someone tweeted today, like Ticketmaster is doing some deal for home. It's like what you're gonna have, like a split crowd. Like is this is a Rose Bowl. Dan on the stream says Niners Rams last year hit 50.4 million highest NFC championship game since 2014. I predict 53 for Sunday night. That's a, that's a big ass number. The, the one thing with the Rams game is it was the Sunday game of the week, week 18. And it was one of the most legendary regular season games in recent memory when the Niners won to get into the yeah. playoffs is it had like this this part two three weeks later. It, it was a unique setup. 
obviously it, it would have done big regardless, but it was a pretty big, like they had just played in front of the fucking country and it was a legendary game. It's true. I mean, that might be as good of a divisional game as the Niners, like from an entertainment standpoint, as the NFC West plays in like five years. You, you also can't make up like I got to win to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And you're kicking their ass. I mean, the whole thing. It's pretty incredible. I think that's the craziest game of the Kyle Shanahan era. Yeah, I think it probably is, too. They haven't really had any this year. Um, Not yet. Not the yet. The playoffs is where Kyle does some of his craziest <laughs> shit. <laughs> we judged last year. I mean, crazier than the Packer. You know, the well, Packer game yeah, last yeah, the yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. You're <laughs> right. <laughs> Different kind of crazy. You had to win, but I mean, both kind of the stakes were, I guess, a little similar, but those are probably one, two in some order. Because uh, is... those two were way crazier than the Cowboy game, right? They played three straight games. The Cowboy yeah, yeah. games easily last. You're talking about last year's playoff Cowboy game? Yeah, I'm talking yeah. Rams, Niners, Week 18, Cowboys, Packers. Packers was probably cooler given that like it's Lambeau Field. He just won the MVP. Uh, I live in Atlanta. There'll be more fans at Casey Buffalo game than at the Falcons game. Wheelie says uh, media nerds talking TV ratings is so fucking cringe. I'm not in the media. Just <laughs> just talking about, you know, it interests me. I, I, I <laughs> Niners Cowboys to me to, to like, I could talk about Niners Cowboys all day long and every element of it, you know, I, it's it's the kind of game where I wonder. I think Troy and Joe have had a, a lot of fun on ESPN this year. They, they've they've enjoyed themselves. I do wonder if Troy's like, because I think ESPN's done for the postseason now. Unless they wouldn't have a conference championship game this year. Right? No, CBS Fox. So ESPN's done. Uh, I think Fox has the Super Bowl this year, right? Olsen and Burkhart. Yeah, and Tom. Maybe <laughs> they're going to put Tom into the booth. They can put Tom in the booth. This. What if they put actually? You want to make this Niner Cowboy game ratings go even higher? You put Tom in the booth this week. Yeah, with Olsen and Burkhart. I don't think we're seeing Tom on television. I mean, it just to me, it's totally dependent on have they advanced him the forty million or not. If they've already paid him forty mil retainer, because here's the thing: like, no, you don't have to retire to do TV, right? Greg Olson was doing TV every year for the Josh Josh Norman. Josh Norman? What's remember he did Josh like Norman? Sunday hits on his off day? On Tuesday, he would film something? No, I remember Brandon Marshall doing like the Showtime show. Josh did the same thing. I don't remember Josh doing that. A long time ago. Or you could put Dungey in the booth, I guess, if you, you want ratings to skyrocket. Yeah, I'd rather jump off the Golden Gate. <laughs> Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me. And use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections. On home runs, uh, not off. Not feeling great about Shohei less than thirty eight and a half right now, but 
I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks. I love it. It's download the app today. Use code HAM50 for the first deposit match of up to $100. I'm going to give you the same advice I gave my buddy who just called me recently because he was getting a vasectomy. He just came from the doctor. They said, they told me I got to shave. I said, gotta get to more like it. And I sent him the lawnmower 5.0 from Manscaped. It's going to be the MVP for him and for you this March. Go to manscaped.com and use the code HAM to get 20% off and free shipping. Get the performance package 5.0 Ultra, and you'll be the Cinderella story of March. The Lawnmower 5.0 is strong until the last stroke with a battery that lasts the entire tournament, a waterproof design, and interchangeable skin safe blade heads that guarantee smooth ball handling every time. To top it off, the performance package throws in two free gifts, boxers 2.0, and the new toiletry bag. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code HAM at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, code HAM. When things get hairy, make sure to call on Manscaped in clutch time. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham. And you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use game time. You just download the app on your smartphone and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel, vacations coming. 
You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So... Niners Cowboys, baby. Niners Cowboys. Um, 
All right. Do, you, do the Niners, how significant is the 49ers schedule advantage this week? 48 hours since they played between when they played. Well, not really 48, I guess, from when they played. A little more around from when they played to when Dallas played. Yeah. Um, which means Kyle's had time to, I get probably what, start preparing for the Bucks and the Niners? He said that on Monday morning. They did a little prep for him, and then he was just going to watch the game like a fan. Which he said they had split that? it up. They had split it up for two days, and then everyone was going to go home watch the game. Which I, who knows, they probably stayed. Pretty clear. What do you say by early second quarter? Like I, I think we can uh, focus it up, guys. <laughs> Start on the Cowboys tape. To me, it's less about the about the preparation and more about they have been rehabbing ice baths getting their lift on like their players have just been easing into a normal week. You typically play games seven days. They get eight days here, which, so it's not like some crazy throwing you off, but that extra day is really big at this time of the year. And the Cowboys, there is no excuse that you can't win the Super Bowl playing in the Monday night game. The Rams did it, but they played at home last year, right? So then the following week, they had to travel to Tampa, and they ended up winning that crazy game that Brady almost came back. I think it is probably a lot more difficult to make a Super Bowl run when you play on Monday Night Football as the road team. And think yeah. about it. They went east. Then they fly back to Dallas. They get there back in the middle of the night. Players get today off. Coaches got to be spent. You got to start grinding on the Niners, who haven't lost in fucking since October. And your players show up tomorrow. They just played 24 hours. But that to me is the energy level of your coaches who need to lock in because they're coming off their fantastic. Like I give the Cowboys coaches credit. They they dominated that game. But now you got to re-energize yourself. And the players kind of got to be ready to go by tomorrow because you're flying out on Saturday. Dallas's last home game was the Christmas weekend Eagles game against Gardner Minshew. So this is four straight road games for them. Because they fin- they played on the road to Washington at the end of the season? And they played Tennessee on the road also. And they played Jacksonville on the road before that Eagles game. You remember the Jacksonville game was actually yeah. big because that was the Fox. That oh, was they were the, per- you're right. They were the last Thursday night game. That game they kind of barely squeaked out against Josh Dobbs. So they've played four. This will be uh, five of six on the road for them and four straight on the road for them this week. They've been traveling a lot. I, I mean, they looked pretty fresh Monday, but this is a different animal. I don't – was anybody cramping? I mean, I don't think the temps were Jason crazy. Peters left the game, and he didn't come – he is 40 years old left tackle. Yeah. He, uh, tapped, so they he did got, one of these. He tapped his helmet on the way out, too. <laughs> he tapped his helmet. He's like, all right, I'm done. Um, But I think the fact that it's – you're basically coast-to-coast travel from Tampa back home to the Bay, right, on a short week. Yeah. I would say it's a massive disadvantage for the road team. And not like it's just a, it's an advantage for the Niners that they don't even have to worry about it. Like they just get to play their game. So to me they are just stay equal and the Cowboys get, you know, dinged. Like it's just it's just very very difficult from a scheme standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, from a How about just a rest stamp, just a fundamental rest standpoint. That game was really physical. You texted me Monday night when that game started. You're like, this is these teams are fucking hidden. Didn't you think that? Like just yes. the first couple series, it was like, God damn, people are getting cracked. So I this I mean it would be an incre- it, 
listen, if the Cowboys win this game, it's an incredible accomplishment. Short week on the road, big underdog. So what I, I like, I'm going to say this all week long. The Niners have all the pressure on them to win this bad boy. Just like the Cowboys did last year. I think, I think the pendulum is just complete opposite from last year's game. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't know the Niners should have this much. I agree with you. They do have all the pressure. I don't know that there should be th- this much confidence in them, given that this is Brock Purdy's biggest test. I mean, now he's going toe to toe with a quarterback who just went 25 of 33 for 305 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Dak, by the way, was second in the NFL in interceptions this year with 15. Um, but he didn't throw one against the Bucks on Monday night, played what some are calling his greatest game on the road in the playoffs against Brady. I mean, I guess you would say Micah Parsons, the best defensive player Brock Purdy's faced. He played Max Crosby a few weeks ago. But both in opponent and in kind of the the guy, the gunslinger on the other side, this is another level for him. Did you see Pete's quote after the game? I saw Nick Wagner tweeted it out that uh, honestly, it was a little weird that he said the first part, but he's like, you know, we didn't quite realize how athletic Brock Purdy was. We didn't view him as a scrambler, but every time I looked up, it looked like Fran Tarkington running around. Now, I can't pretend to have watched Fran Tarkington, Love though I Fran know reference. it's like the 27 Yankees. He was athletic. They could hit home runs. You know, it's like I was it, watching Everybody Who Loves Raymond yesterday. He referenced Fran Tarkington. Yeah, I, I think Fran could move. So one thing Brock Purdy and what Pete was alluding to is like we couldn't catch him. And I rewatched that game yesterday. And it wasn't obviously just some of the throws that ended up going to Mitchell. that went to McCaffrey. that went to the one. Ayuk dropped. It was a lot of throwaways, and he's done that pretty consistently. And these guys have gotten really close. I would say that the Cowboys would be more inclined to catch him. But the one thing I do feel good about is Brock does have a pretty good understanding about his own quickness. So, like, he, and maybe this is just from all these years starting, evaluating tape, like, he knows who's faster and who's not faster. The only thing that would concern you a little bit is when the first the scramble starts, sometimes it starts with a 360. Or like, I'm going to go left, and I go back right. And that, it's I, I just... back to the defense, yeah. I, I, I would say it's hard, right? You don't want to... Uh, you can't really put the... Just part of what makes him really successful right now is this instinctive playmaking. But I, I just think he has to be pretty careful. And this just... The better teams you face, the more f- speed you play on defense you got to be cognizant of making mistakes because it was different. I'm not comparing what we're talking about to this play, but there was a play in the Buffalo Bills game where a guy came untouched and Josh Allen looks last second, and it was a great play by the defender, hits the ball as Josh is going to tuck it. But I think Brock hasn't been in one of those positions yet where he kind of does a 360 into a guy. And that's where, and what happened in Buffalo? Ball hits the ground, big heavy picks it up, walks into the end zone, it's seven. Like, that's the type thing. The Bills, people are like, the Bills-Dolphins game was really close. No, the Bills outgained him by 200 yards. He threw two picks that led to two field goals, and he had the fumble seven. That, that's 13 points. Like, in these playoff games, what was the final score last year, 49ers-Cowboys, 21-14? Like, this, most of these games are not going to be what just happened with Seattle. So a fumble six, I think you got to be very, you got to be very, very careful. Twenty three seventeen. 
23-17. Ball security, ball security, ball security, which he's good at. But I think part of it is throwing the ball away, which I, I think is a fantastic skill of his. To me, it's more about in the pocket. Look, I think he has been good at ball security. Well, he's been fantastic at it. Is he good at ball security? Time will tell. Right. Well, he's a way better thrower awayer of the football than Jimmy, who doesn't do it right. That Jimmy is a skill. It. Yeah. Yeah. J- Jimmy doesn't do it. Didn't do it. Partly Brock extends plays longer than Garoppolo does. Right. And so maybe there's more opportunities to throw it away in those spots. But wouldn't you say his instincts on the sideline, like some guys end up running out of bounds or, you know, for the most part, when he gets there and there's nothing, he has just thrown it. He's done the little looper, thrown it away. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, a couple, he had back-to-back plays last week where he, he ran around a little bit before he threw a rocket out of bounds, but he did. He had the high step against uh, Cody Barton at the sideline that I thought was going to, you know, I, I have flashbacks to Garoppolo tearing his ACL on the sideline when I see quarterbacks trying to make a play on the sideline. But Brock was able to get past him and get a first down and get out of bounds, actually. So he knew his own speed on that one, too. Remember when Jimmy cut it back in, like, what are you doing, bro? Yes. So, uh, you know, it's it's all, some of this stuff is so basic and fundamental, but it really is like he doesn't have to do anything. I, I think I'd say that's one thing about Purdy is there are times where he's made plays. I'd say him running around and throwing to Ayuk in the end zone the other day that surprised you, maybe surprised me, maybe because they didn't quite realize he had that in him. He hasn't. I don't think he's tried to do anything like outside of his ability or not too many times has he tried to do anything. Nothing comes immediately to mind where he tries to do something outside of his ability. <clears throat> it felt like sometimes Garoppolo would do things outside of his abilities. Um, and I don't think that's been the case with Brock. But I also rewatch in the Bucks cowboy game this morning. There's like, you know, like any of these games, balls are going to get batted. Something's going to be flying through the air. They've got guys that can make a play on the ball in the secondary. They definitely have Micah who can get after him in the pocket. They can. They put a bunch of pressure on Tom last night. Nineteen pressures, only six blitzes. Tom did throw the ball seventy times almost, so that's part of it. Tampa had that record. That well. record will stand. Forty-five year old in a playoff game, sixty-six attempts. Yeah, I think that one's probably safe. <laughs> Unless he comes back next year for Andy Reid, um, but. Yeah, I look. Brock as, is going to be control coach <laughs> as a backup quarterback. Actually, hasn't Andy had both a coach turned into a backup quarterback? Yeah, Matt Nagy one time. Pro Florio caught him on it and they got him in trouble. No, but didn't he pull Chad Henney out of? Uh... Fol- was a remember Foles was going to retire? He res- Foles he was, was going to retire. I thought Henney was out. Like was going to be a coach. Maybe I'm wrong. Matt Nagy was on the staff and a guy got injured and he practiced in pads as a quality control coach. That's not allowed. No. I love that you put on pads. Um, I got pulled off the field, though. Brock, Brock is going to be he's going to be put in compromising situations. That's just it's 100 percent going to happen. It happens to every quarterback. And um, if it's Michael Parsons that puts him in that situation, that's a really dangerous thing. And he's going to have to navigate it. That's just that's part of playing in the playoff. You're just playing against really good players, just like Dak has to do it with Bosa. Well, if it's not raining, that, you know, some of those early passes, I, I do wonder, and he mentioned the first pass of the game, the ball slipped out of his hand. If he wasn't comfortable gripping the ball, 
that as the game went on, he got a much better grip and he was much more accurate. That in a weather game, he's just much more accurate from the jump. That to me is a better like I'm I'm actually very confident in him in terms of his him being calm in a game, him completing passes. It's more about the pressures. No one's really hit him really hard. Like he's not very big. So he hasn't really got walloped yet or thrown to the ground. Honestly, it feels like he's got a couple times he's been sacked. It's just been kind of light sacks in terms of like the, the, the collision. Yeah. He got hit on that run around, throw it to Ayuk ball. It's tough. He got hit on the first play. Was it the Miami game? We got crushed. Yes. First play off the bench. I think one one thing that's good, I would imagine that number 11 heads over to, and I know Twitter loves, McGlinchey's been incredible for two months. Like, uh, yeah, he's fine. He's solid. Uh, I would say advantage Micah Parsons, McGlinchey in one-on-one situations. At least that's in his eye view. Front side. He can see it coming. And and he loves spinning left. So, And a couple times in that game against Seattle, uh, they left juice in there to pass protect. I think sometimes they're they're gonna have what you're gonna have Kittle chipping over there. You'll have Juice leaving in there. Yeah, I think you'll have a plan to because eleven's gonna get the ninety seven treatment, and you'll you run can at run him. at him. You can I run. Mean, at you'll him. that's you know Tampa is historically bad rushing the football. I I didn't look at the end of the year, but at one point during the season, I think they were averaging sixty two yards per carry. No no team. We'll check. I I think it's possible that they. We're the worst rushing team to ever make the playoffs, Tampa. Um, because during the season they were trending to be that. If they were going to be a playoff team, the worst rushing team to ever make the playoffs. And uh, Mike, Mike Allstott couldn't have been happy about that stat. No, work done. Not happy about that stat. Michael Pittman. Oh, good one. Damn it. He's like, a dog. Who, who else can I get? Who else is there? Mm, Bucks backs. Nothing's coming to mind. You got like it's just those guys to play off Lenny. There's a big gap in between. <laughs> I don't know any of them. Uh, that was a good pull, Michael Pittman. Um, but that's obviously not, you know, the Niners recipe is, is, is very different than Tampa's recipe. That's one thing, you know, Daryl says, who, who do the Cowboys have to stop McCaffrey or Debo or Kittle or Ayuk? It's an emphasis on getting the ball out quickly. Some good name drops in there. Muscle Hamster, Boise State guy. We forgot oh, about him. Yep. Uh, Thank you. Uh, also, Pro Bowler Clifton Smith. I don't think really played running back, though. It was more of a kick returner. He was a league. Pro Bowl returner, yeah. Cadillac. You're right. That's LeGarrette. It's good names, guys. This Where's is why Cadillac? we depend on the people. Yeah. Well, you need the chat sometimes. Cadillac. Head coach Cadillac. War Eagle. So. You know, I, I, I think it's too simple to say that Brock just has to not make mistakes because that's not. I know historically that's kind of been the way we've talked about Jimmy, but most games that Jimmy played were not the Vikings NFC Championship game. Like most games that Jimmy played in, even he had to make plays in order to win. And this week you're playing, albeit with your defense, not the Bucks defense, but you're playing a a, a, a Dak coming off a career game, and Brock is. You play quarterback long enough. You just you got to have to make plays, and he has been. I'm not saying he's got to do anything differently than what he's been doing, but what he's been doing has been pretty special. And you know, it's a it's a a, a 
a rate of touchdowns and no picks that is pretty crazy. Um, and that's what you're asking him to keep doing. I mean, guy, two two of his touchdown passes to the two running backs were on crazy kind of scrambler, scramble, yeah. dump off plays. Yep. And it was it's remarkable to rewatch, but it, it is a little broken play, which is awesome that he has that in the bag. It's just, you know, how consistently can you do that the farther you go along in this deal? Right? There is a balance of, and luckily he's a good pocket quarterback. They, they hit that deep dig round. I read some of Ted Nguyen's article multiple times. He's very comfortable doing that. Brandon Ayuk over the middle of the field, Right, running like this big kind of loopy in route. Uh, and those were two explosive plays. Him and Ayuk have had really good chemistry. I, I think sometimes if the pass rush is getting there a little bit, and Seattle was actually doing a pretty good job, number 10 coming off the edge. I wonder if they're a little more inclined to leave Kittle, you know, in to help out. And that's where I wonder because, like, one thing the Cowboys last night, Schultz hitting the seam. When you have a really good pass rush, Kyle's just not going to let you just get free reign on the, you know, because you know it's like, well, you ain't going to waste him over on 71, so you're just going to go to the other side and see what you can kind of cook up. And you just, it's the Niners' advantage is they got multiple guys that you can have 44 and 85 that can just really help out on the edges, right? And, um, you know, I think sometimes when you have to focus on that, which is a good thing because you can protect your quarterback, you do limit like 85 down the field is an explosive pass catcher. So, you know, you have, depending on, you know, your personnel, the way you set it up, it's like you got wheel route to McCaffrey. You got a Uke running something deep. You got fucking Debo just running five yards down the line of scrimmage across the field. Like, I mean, they, they got some bread and butter kind of things that they do. Right? And then just emergency McCaffrey. Yeah. Well, the other fact, you remember one of the big stories. That, that's where I think that's where back to the advantages. I think you can do some of these scheme plays against a defensive coordinator that he, I think Dan's a lot different than he used to be with, you know, obviously with Seattle Kyle. and then with Atlanta. Just that Seattle defense, Seattle defense. They're much uh, just reading about them. It's not like breaking down the scheme. They're much more multiple than just what they historically ran in the Pete Carroll defense. But this is a week where like Kyle should have some of those like, fake wheel route, fake wheel route down, like some of those type plays because he has the extra time, which designer, I would guess he's in that fucking lab right now. Why are blitzes designer, but offenses don't get designer plays, you know? It's always like Wink Martindale dialing up some designer blitzes. I love, I mean, you're right. That guy looks like he batted cleanup for the Yankees in like 78 with Mattingly. He looks to me like he bats cleanup for a, for a softball team. He might. I mean, he's incredible. The look is incredible, but you think he gets cold when he just rocks the vest and the long sleeve. It's not that one. Not. I mean, he is hot. <laughs> he is hot. Uh, you see this. The, the chat is telling us, which I've confirmed by going on to uh, social, that uh, the Tennessee Titans have hired Rand Carthen from the 49ers, their director of pro personnel, to be the new general manager. Um, Might need to do a scout's take on Rand Carthen. Yeah, I mean, I've followed each other on Twitter for a long time. I, I've DM'd him a little bit. I don't know him personally. Uh, always heard good things about the guy. I, I just think that, you know, Adam Peters pulled out of this job. And I don't blame Rand. You know, he's, you know, not the number two in this organization. Though, I mean, I, 
technically is the number three right now. Uh, you know, behind it's weird because Parag has a lot of juice, not necessarily like telling you who to pick, but you know, he's the, the brain trust when you're doing a deal is John, Adam Peters, and Parag, you know, pulling the strings. So right. it gets you closer. Now you are taking that job to basically being the head of personnel for Mike to pick the players, which I think he would tell you it's a better job than I have now. I don't, he, former player, I think played for the Colts uh, when Peyton was there, running back. I don't remember him as a player, but he's been with the 49ers a long time. Yeah, 2017. Uh, was with the Rams for four years as their director of, pro, of player personnel, not pro personnel. Same thing, different thing. Pro personnel, player personnel. Pro personnel is just you evaluate the NFL. Player personnel is you're kind of in charge of college and the pro. Um, I think it's a good job for him. Did they Take- name him the general manager? Yeah, it looks like Rap Sheet has said that. <clears throat> I think it's a good job. You know, to me, it's... Now, Schneider came in simultaneous with Pete. Mm-hmm. Schneider did not come in after. Um, but to me, it's the kind of job where, yes, you're taking a job where the head coach has all the power, but it's also a head coach that has a lot of equity. He's, you know, he should be there for a while. And so if you can establish with that coach, I, I, I wonder if they know each other. If you can establish with that coach <clears throat> a bit of trust, then it's the kind of place where you can grow into more power, you know, in kind of the way that, you know, I, I think at one point in time, I looked at John Schneider, like he worked for Pete. While that technically may be the case, that it, that's not what the situation is anymore. Yeah, I mean, this guy is just, I hear it, it's a little different though when you come in at the ground floor and you build that thing up. Cause remember that yeah. like first year and a half with Pete in Seattle, they had, they averaged like two transactions a day. Like they set an NFL record for tra- cutting guys, practice squad. They were just doing, throwing shit at the wall, seeing what happened. And obviously, I think Pete would, he'd have to admit this as John has played a huge role in the success of Pete Carroll becoming like his run in Seattle made Pete Carroll like a legend. Right. Like what he did with USC was like, oh, Pete Carroll's turned out he's an unreal college coach. And then he won a Super Bowl and went to another and then just sustained success because John pounded the table on the little quarterback. And one thing, if he'll do it, and who knows, it's it's a very, very difficult job for the head coach. One, he needs a guy to do all the legwork. It's just will he listen to him? Because this guy now has six years experience of being around Adam and John and Kyle picking these players and just having a loaded roster. And this guy has, I'm sure his own philosophical beliefs. I mean, he played at Florida, played in the NFL for, I mean, from 04 to 06, those are some of the best Peyton Manning Colt teams. Like he was on those teams as a player. And uh, obviously, you know, these last, he's been seen a lot of playoff games, you know, I, I just, it's just hard sometimes. Is the guy going to listen to you, or are you just kind of doing the leg? You get a big raise, and financially, yeah. you're called the GM. I'm not saying it's a bad job, but these guys want to like. Th- you do all this work. Like, can I pick a player? Like, do I get to? I want to take this guy in the second round, and Mike says no. He gets to overrule you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't happen right away, but I would say this too. Like Mike Vrabel has been the coach of the Titans for five years. He's doing a good job. He's a good coach. If the Titans fired him for some reason. Half the league would try and hire Mike Vrabel. Yes. He's 48 and 34. Um, he's been to the playoffs in three out of five years. 
He's won two playoff games. It's gone well. And let's but face they, it. He, but he makes the playoffs this year if Tannehill doesn't get hurt. You know. Yeah. But they've peaked. They've reached their ceiling in Tennessee. They need something else. Mike Vrabel needs some help from somebody. And maybe it's as simple as find me a better quarterback. Don't too late to get A.J. Brown back. You can't undo that. No. But Mike Vrabel needs some help. Like, he's clearly good enough, but they've peaked. He needs some help. And so I do think if you're Rand Carthen, even though you're not coming in at the ground level, I think you are coming in at a time where you can impact some change. And you can get some equity. I agree. agree. You can get some equity quick. Um, you're stepping in. This is not a, this is not, it's a actually pretty unique kind of spot. Like they're not rolling, but they're not, they're not failures either. They're doing better than they've ever, you know, consistently done as a franchise probably in a long time, at least. But I think you can affect change and you can hit a couple picks that make your guy take notice. You can get some equity because he needs your help. He needs your help. The last guy, Got rid of his best player. As Barrows just tweeted, the 49ers will get at least an extra third round pick in the upcoming draft and in 2024. So do they have three third round picks this upcoming year? They definitely have two. It might be three. Depending on D'Amico as well. The other good news, if you're the Niners, you love your guy to get a GM job where he can't hire D'Amico. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they have three. They uh, had two, and this is the third. Oh, wait. Do they have four? So they gave... <clears throat> I think this is the third. They they traded a third for McCaffrey. They got a third. This is a third from... I can't keep track of the whether it's Sala or Mayhew. Uh, they got a third for Mike McDaniel. The problem is they've had to like stagger these over multiple years because they couldn't get them all at once. But I think it's three. So we got some ammo yeah. for a team that doesn't have any picks, right? Yeah, it's good. And loves drafting in the third round. True. That's good. Three third rounders get you a first rounder? You include Trey? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I got some trade ideas, guy. We'll, we'll get into that when the season ends. Hopefully in February. It's all on the table. You know what I mean? You yeah, can... it is all on the table. Guy, okay, Mark Tressman, I forwarded you the tweet. Yeah. Tweeted. Can we do something about that? Should we talk about this? Yeah. Well, did you have the tweet? Did you text it to me? I texted it to you. Yeah. This tweet was so good. You you read it when this thing comes up here. Hold on. Oh, let me let me let me skip past all of the links to Tom Brady's new girlfriend's new new girlfriend. We haven't been able to confirm if she's Jewish or not, but she does wear the star. I mean, David. she's wearing a star, of David. I don't know what. What is she faking it? Yeah, I mean, she feels she has an accent. Oh, she does. She's Israeli. Uh, no, it sounded more like. Uh, you know, I would say Jersey. No, I wouldn't say Russian, but okay. somewhere Eastern European. Isn't that okay. kind of the general area? Yeah, but sure. Israel, Israel's okay. not considered Eastern Europe, is it? No, but there are plenty of Eastern European Jews. So that's yeah. So I, I, I think she's an Eastern European Jewish young lady. Okay. 
She converted. All right, here you go. Mark Dressman. Did I just spend the last three hours watching the reincarnation of Joe Montana? Time will tell, but tonight and the last six weeks have me thinking. Talking about Brock Purdy. Talking about Brock Purdy. Mark Tressman, while laughing stock, right, as a uh, as a head coach. Do you know that he came to the 49ers later in his career, but he was in after the NFL Joe. after Joe Montana yeah. in the 80s. He worked in the NFL in the 80s for teams that would have played Joe Montana. And I would imagine by the time when you joined the Niners in 95, 96, Steve's the quarterback, but th- there's plenty of Joe Montana stories in the building, tape, Eddie still owned the team at the time. Like, you're part of the Niner lore. Like, if you're part of the Packers lore, you still talk about Brett Favre, right? I mean, there's... So, I'm not saying this tweet is gospel or anything, but this is not just some random nobody tweeting this out, right? Just This guy's coached in the NFL for a long, long time as an assistant coach. I remember, remember Greg Papa used to talk about this guy. Like, Al really liked him, thought he was really mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. Clearly not a head coach, but... Rewatching the game, guy, he, the first half was very iffy all over the map. When he is on, he is a very, very fun player to watch from an athletic standpoint. And when you watch that Peacock documentary, I'm not comparing the two. One thing that really stood out in that documentary on Joe, for those of us that you know are more, we just grew up on Steve Young because we were born in fucking the mid-80s and the peak of Joe, is what a great athlete Joe was. Yeah. And I think if you would ask me, you, most people that just went to practices, maybe the 49ers coaches had somewhat of a better idea at practice, but I think it would be it'd be hard to say. Maybe the scouts would know. Have been blown away by how good of an athlete Brock Purdy is. But then when you look back, you go, well, he was the player of the year, not like at his high school, in the state of Arizona. Like, that's... I would say that's not nothing. A lot of really good quarterbacks come out of Arizona. I'd say a lot of really good athletes, right? A lot of good athletes, yeah. You know, it's not California, Texas, or Florida, but I would say it's kind of like the West Coast, like a Georgia. I mean, it produces a ton of Division I players. I'd say basketball and football. Wasn't DeAndre Ayton an Arizona kid? Yeah, I mean, he's from the Bahamas. Yeah, transferred in. You but, know, there might have been a, some payments made for him to move here to get him. Yeah, you know? it, it, that, I wouldn't say he was uh, He was not born and raised in Gilbert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not exactly. Yeah, just from Chandler, Arizona, for the last seven weeks. <laughs> Established some residency. I think when you first saw this guy, and most 49er fans had probably heard of him, right? College, you maybe watch a Big 12 game here or there. But like, in the preseason and you just see this little white guy you the first thing you think you don't think is a good athlete like that would not come to mind where joe you know people our age when joe's drafted in the late 70s he'd played at notre dame like he was a much more famous player i would guess right at 21 years old than brock purdy just given the institution how big do you think Notre Dame was late seventies? Probably pretty friggin' big. I mean, what were their what kind of ratings was was their national? You know, that was the only game a lot of people watched. Pretty big. 
Joe, you and I have, I mean, I've been around him, is not the tallest guy. Not the tallest Shrunk guy. Shrunk a all. little, probably, but. In his heyday, 6'2", max. Like, he, yeah. he wasn't, wasn't John Elway walking through the door. He wasn't, th- I mean, he, he took a beating, right? Took a fucking peppering. I would say a different the way you play now, right, than you played back then. Protect the quarterback. Because you would say Joe's toughness. Like, we talk about, like, all-time tough players, like Singletary and, like, Lester Hayes and Jim Ott, just the famous NFL crazy tough guys, the the Matthews family, you know, whoever. The sport, like, you're not just sitting in the pocket and getting hit by LT. Like, Joe's toughness scale is probably, like, equivalent of, like, Mike Tyson. Over the years, back braces, ribs, like, how truly tough the guy was. You don't really have to do that anymore because you're not getting hit like that, one. And two... I would say Kyle's offense is much more movement based than they, they would probably just sit in the pocket, three, five step drops in Walsh's original offense. I'm not saying they didn't move him, but it felt like he was more truly just a pocket quarterback than it's going to be ass of Brock Purdy. It's the way Kyle wants to play based on boots being a huge part of his passing game. I mean, it's, what would you say? I mean, I, I, we could look this up, but on average 10 throws on the move for Kyle, a game of he ain't throwing it 40 times. So of 25. Yeah. I mean, you're saying basically like almost half of his throws come on the move. Feels like a little less than that. But I'd, I'd, say, I'd say maybe seven intentionally, not to mention just some of the move around. And then do you count that move around and dump down? I'm just calling like the play is called. He's going to either roll to his left or the right. You're right. Seven. But if I'm doing 30 attempts, I mean, we're already at what? 28 to 30% right away. Uh, like Tom Brady of the 66 was zero, correct? No. Oh, by design? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying by design. He had some of those rollouts. He had the he gets- rollout throwback to the end zone on Monday night that nobody was open. Ooh, and then Tom he gets hit and he, can, and he kind of like craters and the ball kind of goes. That's a tough watch. Yeah, that was not good for the uh, whichever part, whoever was assigned by Shanahan to study Brady last night. They did not come back with a glowing report. No. Trustman, who writes for uh, Mike Tannenbaum's site, 33rd team, uh, wrote uh, about Purdy. He has the innate ability to slow down the chaos of the game and see the field with the inherent ability to feel and avoid pressure in the pocket. He has the uncanny sense of timing and the courage to stand in and deliver, knowing he'll get hit. Yet he also has the athleticism and ability to find a quiet space to deliver the ball as well as agility, niftiness, and foot quickness to extend the play in the pocket. I would say the innate ability to slow down the chaos of the game is one of the most desired, maybe the most desired um, characteristic, would you say? Well, I think the three big boys playing in the AFC, and you know, it feels like Trevor Lawrence is on a car that's headed that way over the next couple of years to, to join the boys. They all feel like they got that in their back pocket, right? Yeah. And it's why Patrick, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen are considered the three best quarterbacks in the league. (laughs) Do you think if you can do that, like if you have elite slow-the-game-down ability, you can play with below-average arm strength? Average arm strength? Yeah, I think he's got an average. 
I, I thought his I'm arm not asking was a you about Brock. I'm just saying generally, like, what's the floor of how talented you have to be if you can slow the game down mentally? If you're good enough where you're in the NFL and you can do that, you're playing in the league. Yeah. Like, because just to get there, like, if, if you've made the team or whatever, it's good enough. Like, Breeze's arm, is that... Breeze's arm sometimes on a deep ball would look good. I mean, River's arm wasn't great. Yeah. Wasn't but he had really physicality good. and... He could see. He could see, yeah. I think when you're smaller, you have to have separating characteristics. No, no different in the NBA. Like you, you can't play as a six foot NBA player unless you're an incredible passer. You're an incredible shooter. You're an incredible athlete defender, right? You got to bring something to the table. If you're just, if I'm just six eight and a good athlete, and I bring nothing to the table, like I can play. I can just kind of move around, get some rebounds. Just like why a lot of guys get drafted high and the opportunity to play when they're six foot four. Sudfeld's a good example. Like, what does Sudfeld really do well besides being tall and have a big arm? He looks like it, but clearly, like, Purdy came in and was just dramatically better. But you get the opportunities, and someone just gives you $2 because you're just, like, tall and a big arm. But Purdy can actually play. Because I was texting with someone about Trey Lance. I'm like, you know, if you're a betting man, more than often than not, like, Trey Lance is probably going to really struggle to ever be a starter in the NFL. Just, it's already been derailed. He's always going to have to probably compete. Like, it's just, you know, this, if Purdy, while he pips him, might just be over. And someone texts me like, well, if Blaine Gabbert, the listener of the show, can play in the league for a long time, uh, then Trey can too. And I'm like, for sure, I'm not saying he can't play in the NFL, but I'm just saying, but I'd say the difference, though, is and if you're using Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert never plays. That's why I was watching him last night thinking that. like Blaine's in the NFL, and his career is going to be so... You're going to look up. He's going to have a 13-year career. He didn't, for seven straight years, didn't play a game. Chase Daniels is a good example. They do not play. So when you see backups that actually play, like we can nitpick Teddy or now Andy Dalton. Those guys can have some moments when they put Blaine Gabbert would suck. So part of you can have a longer career if you get behind a top-five quarterback. Like if I just sign a four-year deal with the Bills and Josh never misses a game, I have four extra years as a player, and I might have sucked. Matt Barkley, you're going to look up. Matt Barkley's going to have a 12-year NFL career. And there was a story within the last month on The Athletic of Brandon Bean calling Josh Allen during the offseason. He's on the golf course with Matt Barkley, who clearly he's buddies with. And I, Josh Allen has a pad in Newport Beach, which I would imagine Barkley does too. <laughs> and they're playing golf. And Brandon Bean, it's right before free agency. He's like, <clears throat> Josh, can you recruit? I need you to call Vaughn Miller. We want to sign him. He would love to hear from you. And Josh, they kind of talk for a minute, and Josh says, listen, I got no problem doing this. I just ask one request. We re-sign Matt Barkley. <laughs> and Barkley, Barkley's telling the story. And Barkley says, jo- Brandon forwards him Vaughn's number, and he calls jo- he calls Vaughn Miller, and he says, do you want to be part of a division where you play Mac Jones, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and Zach Wilson six times a year? And Matt looked at him, and that's all he said, and they like, fuck yeah, and then it like signed you know, day later. What a way to ask it. But my point is that Josh really wants him. Matt never plays. So like Brock, if he wouldn't have played and never got to play, 
there was just been this unknown. He would have had to go other places and earn it. And it just, he's now kind of set because he's proven he can play. Like Trey's career, I'm not trying to shit on it, but it's it's much more unknown. And I bet if we just pulled people around the league, a lot more would just skew negative their reaction than it would skew positive. Right. If you just pulled around the NFL right now about Brock Purdy, every general manager is like, we're going to approach this draft a little. We're, we're going to talk about him in draft meetings. Because think how valuable. Is there anything more valuable right now than Brock Purdy's contract? It do, literally doesn't get any cheaper for a drafted player, and he plays quarterback. It's and unprecedented. The, I mean, right? Uh, the last pick of the draft has never started a game at a quarterback. Well, do you think Stetson Bennett, one, fair or not, or. and whether he's as good as Brock, I, I would doubt it in the NFL. He's obviously 25. There. How is the conversation for him in a draft room not dramatically different just because Brock Purdy's existed? Has to be. Brock Purdy's going to get him drafted, I would imagine, a round or two higher than... If Brock Purdy does not exist, and you told me Stetson Bennett went undrafted, 100% believable. I think there is no chance on God's green earth Stetson Bennett gets undrafted. Which is funny, right? Because like, this is not some new game that everyone's playing here with quarterbacks. Like This balance between talent, physical attributes, and ability to play... To play and see and handle pressure and all that. It's Brock didn't change anything for anybody. Right. I, I think one of the things that happens all the time with quarterback stuff is like Brock has, I, because I agree with you, Brock has no bearing on Stetson Bennett, just like Patrick Mahomes has nothing to do with Trey Lance and Josh Allen has nothing to do with Trey Lance and Carson Wentz has nothing to do with Trey Lance. Like each human being is a combination of 7 billion different little mini combinations. So, you know, like, Oh, trying to find Stetson's kind of like Brock's like, Oh yeah. All right. Good luck. Probably not. Like the odds are just in the odds are very good that he's has nothing He's nothing like Brock. He doesn't play one game like Brock, let alone six or seven. I, I would say this. The one thing that Brock has that the other successful quarterbacks have, let's just use the playoffs. Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, you know, Daniel Jones resurrected his career, but it's clear that he's got it. All the AFC guys, Trevor, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow. Very focused cat. Like, this is not a fuck around, dude. And football... The one thing you would say about Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen, football means everything to those three guys. Yeah. The one thing you'd say about Jalen Hurts and Dak, they're, all their chips are in the middle of the table in their football career. Daniel Jones, one thing you'd have to say about him, that guy has some Alex Smith-level toughness, mentally. he It was derailed, going awful, and he refused to tap out and just kept swinging his pick, got the right coach, and it was good. Football clearly means a lot to him. There is no, like... Kyler Murray, we don't know, right? There's no Lamar Jackson. You know, he's just kind of want all this money. And I, I'm not acting like he's being selfish because he wants to get paid, but those guys, it's just doesn't exist. And I would say Brock falls under that category. Watch them talk like serious cat, like not screwing around. And he showed up. Did you see, did we talk about this before? That clip that went viral, not viral, but I mean, the NFL tweeted it out. Like his interview at the combine was like, I'm going to be an NFL starting quarterback. F- funny is he's like, 
I don't know if it's going to take me five years because obviously in his mind, it wasn't going to happen. I don't blame him for saying that. He couldn't have said like next year, he said in five years, 10 years, it's going to happen. And you just kind of see that. You're like, he obviously he got things were out of his control, even though the things in his control, he made the team. So, but he had to have broken foot and a, what was Jimmy's injury? Broken foot, a couple ankles, an ankle and a foot. He had to have guys shatter lower extremities. But he was ready, and he was focused. As, I, I bet they would tell you around the building, this guy's serious at hard deck. Well, the the other thing, like Stetson, would be just the level of collegiate success. Stetson's had a lot of it. Brock didn't have collegiate success to the degree that Stetson Bennett did, but he, <clears throat> when you've had a lot of experience succeeding, I think it gives you a lot of confidence to say stuff like that. You know, like Trey knew when he got drafted, it's not about Trey, but Trey knew when he got drafted, he was going to be a starter, but he did not have the level of, he couldn't have had the level. I don't think of like truly true confidence in himself that Brock had just the confidence that comes from doing something, which you just cannot fake. You can't fake it and you can't accelerate it and you can't skip it. And that is something that, there's no, we have seen nothing that should tell us Brock should be shaken to this point or that it even would be shaken with one bad game or one interception or whatever. Right. Um, that's part of what I think was, even though it wasn't a great performance, you wouldn't say him being nine to 19 at halftime the other day, that was a good little piece of adversity for him. For sure. You know, now, has he, he had, like, the whole and, roof cave-in on him yet? Not yet. That happens. you got to win games like that, too. I would say also it wasn't just 9-19, but the team was down. So it was like, okay, like, everyone just kind of looking at each other. Yeah. Like, now, they were playing the Seahawks. <laughs> true, but I'm just saying, like, we can't lose this game. That's not yeah, allowed. No, it's true. I'm just saying, like, they were playing a team that it's, it'll be tough. It'd be tougher to do that against, you know, Kansas City. The roof comes in. Why do you even say, if I told you this Philly, week they're down 17-16 to 16 at against Dallas, it'd probably feel a little bit different than Seattle. Yeah. Though I rewatched that first half. You go, God, they couldn't stop him. It did not feel great. It did not feel great. No. And, and, uh, I'd for, you know, how DK, about the DK truck? It wasn't just the go route DK hit. He also trucked him on the one, like kind of quick throw when, when Ward tried to tackle him. And he just oh, yeah, went yeah, right yeah. through him out in the right flat. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, there it's a one score game when when Seattle gets that uh offensive lineman like two yards and six inches downfield at the pass. That was a pretty weak penalty. That's another penalty guy I hate. That, that's a weak one. Yeah. Do you know in college if you throw the ball away on that play, then they pick up the flag? So if the offensive lineman is five yards downfield, the quarterback sees it and throws the ball out of bounds. No penalty. You know what I would tell the competition committee? Is the guy should have to have either an impact on the play or be down the field engaged for it to be. If the guy's just running in green grass and nowhere and doesn't touch anybody, it's meaningless. I feel like that happens a lot. A legal man downfield. It's like the random guard who just chopping his feet on grass. As the quarterback is like moving through the moving through the pocket for seven seconds. Yeah. The linebackers aren't reading their key anymore. Right. It, he's not, no one thinks it's a run play. 
Why does it never happen on like, you know, 40-yard crazy touchdown where the guard depletes the safety because he got such a head start? That never happens. It's just the guy's looking around like, what did I do? That penalty's stupid. Uh, one, one thing just to reference from from last year's game, you know, uh, you remember one of the big storylines was, was Kyle Shanahan going up against Dan Quinn. These guys know each other. What would it mean? Remember the Niners were the Cowboys were a prolific offense in 2021. Um, Dak that day was 23 of 43 for 254, a touchdown on a pick. So it's that again. I mean, it's that matchup. That's part of the matchup again. Kyle got the better of them. I mean, there's no question about it the first time around. Not just, you know, the head coach, his team won the game, but um the Cowboys scored twice late. That game was 23 to seven. And the Cowboys scored twice, four minutes. Was it four minutes left? No, uh, 12 minutes and eight minutes. Well, they scored, wait, they scored. Dallas hit a field goal to make it 23 to 10 and then scored a touchdown with eight minutes left to make it 23 to 17. Gotcha. Well, that was a huge problem last year. Back to what we talked about earlier is like they get a lead and it always felt a little closer than it should have been because they couldn't score touchdowns. Yeah. yeah that has been the difference hurt. with the Brock Purdy led 49ers. Bosa got concussed. I don't remember that. Like first half, I think. Didn't someone hit him in the elbow in the I have to I gotta go while we watch this. Game. A rewatch tonight, Tuesday night, maybe. It feels like a long time ago. Uh, Brett Maher, Brett Maher, as of uh, Tuesday, as we're doing this show, still on the Cowboys? Vinatieri on line one? You hear Manning last night? He's like, has a uh, kicker ever been cut at halftime of a playoff game? I I did not hear Manning at halftime. I did hear Dion. I mean, I did did not hear Manning say that, no. I did hear Aikman basically say, like, like, these guys were pretty open about it. Like, like, are they going to cut him this week? He's been cut before by the Cowboys for getting the yips. And correct? Yeah, but yeah, like 2019. I don't know if it was exactly the yips, but he started missing a lot. They cut him, and then they brought him back. He's only missed three extra points this year before yesterday, before Monday. He's hit a bunch of 50-yarders. Like, was you? would you say – honestly, yips is the wrong way to describe yesterday. He didn't know where it was going. Pushed it, pushed it, tried to overcompensate, and then hooked it. Right. One looked like it got blocked and it made it closer than it was going to be. Hit, hit the uprights on one. I mean, it's pretty close. You know, <laughs> quarterbacks miss that close. No one's on their case. I think that's definitely, I'd imagine, a story in Dallas all week. Like, are we cool with this kicker going into a game with a guy that can't make kicks? Because you what got you another do? guy. Robbie Gold has never one. missed a playoff kick. Which every time you say that, you feel like he's going to miss. I know. I, I just did a little knock on wood down here that you can't see. <laughs> uh, what would you do? You can't do anything, I don't think. Because you can't bring in some guy that hasn't been on your team. Who do you? you get? What about um, who's the guy that was on the hit game-winning kick for the, like the Chiefs and the Cardinals this year? Or the Chargers and the Cardinals? Or You know what I'm talking about? Dick or the kicker. Is it Dick or the kicker? Yeah. What about Dick or the kicker? I don't think you can put – you're probably having this conversation. Could we do that? Bring a guy that we haven't trusted who it might come down to using that guy and depending on our season, 
or is it malpractice to roll this guy back out when he's way off? I don't know if there's a good answer to either question. I would probably I just know this. That first him. cowboy touchdown, like they better not be showing the replays. They lined that sucker up. If you roll into this game and they score a touchdown and the first cowboy touchdown and he misses, <clears throat> I think you got to start calling twos. Yeah, you can't do it again. Josh says Rodrigo Blankenship is available. Isn't that the guy that wears the goggles? Yeah, with the Colts cut. <clears throat> Dickers on the Chargers. I feel like the Colts are interviewing 700 people. Every day I see it. You know, Colts have requested, Colts have requested. Ursay's re- really doing all these interviews. It's a lot of interviews. How about the Texans? You see their tweet? Their Sean Payton tweet? No, what is that? So they tweet, uh, we've, they do this for everybody. I'm pulling it up for people watching. They say like, we've interviewed Thomas Brown. And then it says, get to know Thomas Brown. So they did one for Sean Payton. Like, we've interviewed Ejiro Evero. Get to know Ejiro Evero. UC Davis. We've interviewed Sean Payton. Get to know Sean Payton. It's like, hey, guys, I'll get to know him when you hire him. Like, why are you putting out a get to know? Like, is Sean Payton really taking your job? I need to get to know Sean Payton if I'm a Texas fan. Indiana State, by the way. So, guys, um, we, we know Sean Payton. <laughs> We've signed uh, JJ Watt. Get the, yeah, we know him, guys. We we get it. Get to know, get to know Sean Payton. That, that's another thing that I think a lot of people like. You want to be an NFL owner? I don't think interviews. Just interviewing twenty people would be that fun. I think it would get kind of boring after a while. Yeah, like all right, here's my packet. It just how do you read real. everybody's packet? It'd be a. It feels like it'd be a lot of fluff. Well, you can't get to know somebody in six hours. Really? Like what they like to work with. I'd be fascinated to know like a Fortune 500 company when they hire a CEO, obviously the board, what the vetting, the vetting process has to be way more extreme in terms of talking to people, interviewing that guy than the NFL processes. Because a lot of it's just based on we feel good about what this guy's done somewhere else. Right. Well, and you probably can't put NFL coaches through some of the things you would put. Um, I think I mentioned once on the pod, I had a buddy told me he was interview- interviewed for some like corporate leadership job. And one of the things they had him do was um, they put, they gave him like eight hours in an email inbox and said, like, you have eight hours to like handle all the tasks in this inbox. Just from his desk, or did he have to like go to Office Depot and do you know? Yeah, like, no, no, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was like go pick up tape. It's from from his desk. I don't know if I should say his name. I, the job hasn't been announced yet. You get it? Listener of the pod, close friend of the pod, close friend of the pod. Eight I don't hours? know if he's got it yet. He finds out this week, maybe. We'll That's congratulate him on the show when he gets it. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. I haven't. But you can't. You can't tell. Like Sean. Like, hey, Sean. Jim Irsay. Nice to meet you. What I'd like to do now is put you in a fourth quarter situation and watch how you manage your timeouts. Sean, be like, get out of here. 
I do wonder if we're not that far away from doing something like that. I mean, you it's what you would do if you you know, if you were the one in in control, if you had the power, I guess, and the power dynamic. But with Sean Could, Payton, couldn't we do that with VR? Yeah, I'm one sure. <clears throat> Running down a hallway, you wearing a headset and there's like all this, you know, other people talking on the headset. That's uh yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it it's hard to tell because there's so many moving parts right now. De, I guess D'Amico is interviewing for two jobs Thursday, Friday. I don't really know how that's going to work. But yeah, I don't, I don't really. I don't know how the NFL could fix this for all these guys still in the playoffs, but it doesn't feel fair, does it? No. Feel like a, a dude that's like this is the biggest thing you've ever done as a coach. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, while you're doing this, we got something else for you to do. Couldn't you just delay everything by a month and just make the hiring cycle after the playoffs are done? Or do you kind of like you kind of like this juice of it going? I don't know. Could you delay it by a month? Like, would everybody wait? Like Harbaugh would never get hired. Why not? Because the hiring would just could. be February first or whatever. Yeah, you know? I guess he could, and he would just somebody would just say, "Okay, we're we're, we're going to offer you on January 10th. I th- I just think it's very unfair. Like the Denver Broncos want to interview, you know, it's just hypothetically. I don't think those it's the Colts and the Cardinals or whoever the teams are can keep up. Want to interview Dan Quinn and D'Amico this week? It's like Dan's like, guys, I, I just got I just got back. Like my resume speaks for itself. I mean, <laughs> I've been a head coach before. I I'm a high character guy. I mean, can't you just call my references? Wheelie said, just have him play Madden. Sean Payton versus D'Amico Ryans. Max said, don't say his name. HR folks are twitchy. Yeah, no, I won't. It's, uh, his name is not, uh, uh, Savid Dinquist. I, I know someone who was looking at a job kind of playing around they they weren't even going to take it but the offer was pretty sweet and harbaugh they made you this is you know corporate kind of job they made you take a test it was somewhat like the wonderlick it's like yeah. 15 minutes and i looked at it and it was very it was weird you know it was just a lot of questions that you went like i I can either problem solve if I can't in real life. I, I don't know how telling you like what the circle touching the triangle and the triangle touching the rectangle. What's the third one? Like how that necessarily comprehends to, you know, the general contractor didn't show up. I got to go find them. And this guy's furious at this guy and th- th- they're overbidding on this. And they say that we only owe you this. Like, I, I don't know if they parallel each other. Yeah. There's a lot of money psychologists tell you they do. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's a lot of money out there being made in, you know, corporate uh, psychology tests for hiring, I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. I think Uh, there's probably a better way to do a person. I I would do a personality test over if I give you seven flour tortillas and eight pounds of ground beef and I take half the ground beef and I give you three pounds of salsa, but I only make 12 tacos and they, they take, you know. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I can cook tacos, <laughs> you know? They definitely want, I, I would imagine there's a lot of personality test type stuff. But with coaches, you would just get personality test results to tell you they're crazy. Like, he's insane, coach. 
You see right? Tim. You see Tim. A red Cook, flag. If they were you normal. see Tim Cook take a pay cut, thirty mil. He was at eighty nine, and he's making forty eight. I think this year. He's, he's making Roger Goodell money. Roger Goodell money. Yeah. Good for him. He's gonna have to cancel all his streaming subs. <laughs> there goes Hulu. Uh, Jags at Chiefs plus eight and a half. Jags. That's one thirty Saturday. Doesn't feel high enough to me, John. I think the Jags are eight and two since they lost the Chiefs in the season. Hmm. Giants plus seven and a half at Philly Saturday night. That is a primo Saturday night game. That is delicious. That's a good one. Uh, feels like it's been a, a month and a half since I've watched the real Philadelphia Eagles play a football game. It's kind of crazy. Even this morning, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Eagles Cowboys. Click. Oh, that was never mind. Christmas Eve. Yeah, it, it was the Minshew game. Was a good game, though. It was a good game. Uh, Bengals, Bills, Bengals plus three and a half, Buffalo. And then Niners, four and a half is what I'm seeing right here, actually. I love a good Jonah Williams. Three and a half. I'm pretty sure Jonah Williams spent a year at Davis High School. Dislocated kneecap week to week. It's like, that seems like a pretty fast recovery for a dislocated kneecap. What are you waiting on on the kneecap recovery, you think? Pain tolerance. Yeah. Popped it back in. Did you see the injury when he kind of did the splits? No. It wasn't. didn't, Didn't look fun. Nothing like when a big guy kind of does his legs go separate ways. Oh, Whitworth going to come off the bench for that one? I saw someone in Cincinnati was like calling for him to come off the bench. Like, yeah, I think it's a pretty tough transition. All right. Uh, big week ahead. Anything else to add today? Any hot stove stuff? Uh, Correa's on the Twins. Steven Vogt signed with the Mariners to be their bullpen coach. We mentioned that one on the show. Congrats to vote. I don't think we did. Does that mean he also does catcher stuff or just he's just no more gear? He's just standing there. He's not like bullpen catcher as well. Is <clears throat> yeah, I would think no more gear for, for old voter. Yeah. Sneaky, pretty good team, too. Not a bad little spot. This isn't your 2015 Seattle Mariners. No, good spot. Julio Rodriguez. Superstar. Would you say it's out of the realm of possibility if if Gabe Kapler has a couple more tough years that Steven Vogt could have the Giants manager written all over him one day? Yeah, definitely. He could have manager. Absolutely. Played for a season so they know how great of a guy he is. Always been on the manager fast track. Yep. Definitely on the manager fast track. Uh, Dip and Dannon give Purdy no cred. Legacy media, sad face. Does that mean Skip and Shannon? Is Skip is Shannon back with Skip? Did they break up or? It was just one day, yeah. I watched some of Club Shay Shay with Dion. I listened to it on the plane. Did you? I didn't. Did you realize Dion's foot? Uh, it's like you know he's he's two toes of two toes are gone. Yeah. And when Club Shay Shay with Skip starts, Skip meets Prime in the Colorado Buffalo training room where he's getting like a foot massage. Skip Bayless went? No, did I say Skip? I meant Shannon. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) And he's got his foot up and it's just like, you know, like you 
you keep wanting to like get a better view because oh, like, I just listened. The, they did a video one. The video because because says like this is the like his foot is out there for the first time. He's showing it. Yeah. He I didn't realize he has to get like a massage. Like he said three times a day, he gets like a leg and foot massage. The other thing he's got is like a big scar on his shin. I don't know if it was related or not, but he had a line in there, bro. I was on the plane. I almost spit up my seven up or whatever I was drinking that like his pinky toe misses his homies. Oh my God. It's unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I heard, I heard whatever I was drinking come out of my nose. It was so funny. Well, he keeps saying you, I don't know if you got it because you weren't watching, but he says he's got his next toe that's there is like kind of small it's like yeah not small but it's just like you know kind of bent or whatever and uh and and shannon's like what about him is he next and Dion's like oh he's just chilling and that's when shannon's like if you got him straight you'd be wearing a size 12 but with him like that you're wearing a size 10 so funny man he was just killing him did you know Dion doesn't drink well i did not know that i think maybe you told me that but watching him i'd forgotten watching him with the mannings Oh, he I, does he cuss because he says dern all the time. I think a lot of those southern guys, you know, like I don't Bobby Bowden, you know, can get their message across without cussing. But dern. I mean, then there's like Saban and Jimbo and Jimbo and Kirby. That, Kirby, <laughs> you think Kirby can set a record for f bombs in a pregame speech? You see, Kirby said that the one that leaked the other day was not the championship game. What was it, the week before? I, I don't even know. He, he didn't know. He's like, oh, that wasn't even the championship game. He's like, but they all sound the same. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Uh, I. Thanks for hanging, everybody. See you soon. Adios. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.